Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ball pit. I know it has been a little while. I'll explain that in a little bit, but it's Friday and it's a little bit of a gloomy Friday at that. It's been raining for a little bit, but it's still going to be a phenomenal episode of the ball pit. We do have around the pit news scheduled for this episode on Friday, but we're actually not going to do that. I've got a little bit of a different episode, so we will have around the pit news next Friday, but today we're going to be talking about the NCAA men's basketball tournament because it's March and it has been absolute madness so far. I can't wait to talk about that. But first, I need to address my schedule a little bit. I've been gone for about two weeks and I just wanted to talk about that. First off, I've been very busy. I actually recorded an episode last Monday, but I wasn't able to edit it and upload it in time. So it just kind of sat in the drafts for a little bit. But I've been trying to focus more on quality of content than quantity of content. And since I've been so busy with both personal things, work-wise, and family reasons, I I found that it's been really hard to upload and create really solid quality content for you guys. And I don't want to just like do everything 50% and upload a really crappy episode if I don't feel super confident in it. So I've been focusing more on doing the deep research, making sure all of my podcast episodes are of the best quality I can provide. That's why I've been taking a little bit of a break, but I should be back. I should be all ready to go. I'm so excited to be back. It's been a while since I recorded anything. It's just really exciting to be back in front of the microphone talking to all you guys. We're going to talk some basketball today. It's going to be a great episode. So let's dive in. First, biggest headline we have is the number 15 seed Princeton. They upset Arizona 59-56. Now this hurt me a little bit as someone who is an avid bracket maker. I actually had Arizona going to the final four in one of my brackets. So that one's toasted. But I don't think anybody really expected this. We saw 0.12% of all brackets were perfect after Princeton's upset turnovers were an absolute abomination from Arizona. They also only shot 18.8% from the three-point line, and that is just nowhere near good enough to be able to compete in this NCAA tournament. Usually, we'd like to see in the 30s to 40s, so falling off a cliff at 18.8%, it's just not going to cut it. Obviously, Princeton wins this matchup. They also just took their foot off the gas. They they weren't as aggressive in the second half as they should have. They had a 12-point lead at one point in the game, and they just completely forfeited it and ended up losing by three. It's just very disappointing to see from an Arizona team that was hyped up as a top-five team coming into this bracket that takes an L in the first round, the round of 64. Very disappointing stuff from Arizona, and hopefully they can rebound and, and do good next year in next year's tournament, but I've got to see better finishing and better three-point shooting from this Arizona team before I can have a lot of confidence in them again. They've got a lot of improvements to make over this offseason. We had a couple one-seeds and really solid teams that did as expected this tournament, and that Alabama, Texas, UCLA, Duke, and Kansas. They all won by, I think, 20-plus points. UCLA might only won by 15. But regardless, they all 
absolutely obliterated their opponents as everybody expected them to. Duke is looking very scary as a five seed. I think they can come in and beat Tennessee. Tennessee had trouble with Louisiana this week, so I think Duke is easily going to win that matchup. Kansas got off to a very, very slow start against Howard. They were going back and forth and tied for a couple points in the first half, but towards the end of the first half and the second half, they completely pulled away. They win by almost 30 points. Alabama and Texas, they easily take care of business, both win by 20-plus. And UCLA was up, I think, 11 to nothing at the very start of the game and just continuously had that lead. Not a worry there for UCLA fans. UCLA is definitely my favorite for the championship as of right now. I think it's going to be UCLA-Alabama for the championship game, and I think UCLA is going to take that. And they're starting to look like that team that was dominant in the 70s. I, I think UCLA's back there. Maybe not as dominant as they have been before, but they're definitely getting back to usual UCLA form. I expect this team to be good for a while. Virginia makes so many mental mistakes, and they lose to 13-seeded Furman, 68-67. to That botched inbounding, that the player just absolutely hucked it up in the air, and Furman intercepted it and splashed a quick three to make it 68-67. I mean, there were just so many. Turnovers have become a really big and frightful occurrence here in the NCAA tournament. A lot of teams are committing a lot of turnovers, especially some teams that shouldn't commit as many turnovers as expected. So to see them make those kind of mental and mechanical mistakes is a little concerning to say the least, but Virginia just wasn't playing up to par with Furman. Furman was hanging in for the entirety of the game. And towards the end of the second half, Virginia just completely ran out of gas. They went cold. Furman had a couple of really big point streaks against Virginia, and that's really what sealed the deal. Furman never wanted to be out of that game. They continued to fight. Even when they lost their best score, he fouled out in the second half. They did not forfeit that game. They kept pushing, they kept fighting, and they beat a solid Virginia team. Coincidentally, five years to the day that Virginia became the first one seed to lose to a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament when they lost to 16 seeded UMBC in the 2018 NCAA tournament. Virginia has just not had good luck when it comes to March Madness, and it continues this year. San Diego State beats Charleston in a surprise non-upset. Everybody had Charleston doing really good. Some people even had them going to the Sweet 16. Even the Elite 8, I've seen some brackets carry them that far. But San Diego State beats them 63-57. Both teams are extremely solid. I think San Diego State can carry this into the Sweet 16. I think they will beat Furman and beat Furman pretty well by probably 7-plus points. This San Diego State team is a little underrated in my opinion. I did have them beating Charleston in a couple of my brackets, so I'm not completely surprised to see that they moved on, but a lot of people are. Charleston was a very popular sleeper pick going into this tournament, so it's just it's really exciting to see a team like this that has been so underrated even with their higher seeding, their five seed. They've just been so underrated, and I, I think they can make a big splash in this tournament, especially going up against Furman. 
I think they're going to be able to beat them. And then even an Alabama matchup, hopefully in the Sweet 16. That could be a very interesting game that, again, people are underrating. I think San Diego State can bring some competitive nature to that juggernaut of an Alabama. As I mentioned before, when I talked about Duke, Louisiana kept it close with Tennessee 58 to 55. Tennessee is one of the weakest high seeds I've seen ever in a tournament, in all honesty. They play in a very, very tough SEC conference, so it makes sense why they're seated so high. But I think when they come to just overall good matchmaking, they're going to have a tough time, and I do think Duke's going to beat them and beat them pretty easily at that may not be a big margin of victory, but I think Duke will have control of that game through the entirety of the game. So a little bit nerve-wracking for Tennessee fans, but they still got a win and they're moving on to the next round. Maryland-West Virginia became an instant classic in a 67-65 finish. I only got to watch the very end of this game, but it was still a exhilarating watch. I mean, talk about a thrilling game they were going back and forth for the entirety of the game there were turnovers there were free balls that were getting bounced all over the place just a really entertaining team really entertaining game and two very talented teams in all honesty an eight and a nine seed and obviously those are the closest seeded teams so it's going to be the most competitive games so far maryland looked a little questionable A lot of people are saying they had help from the refs. I didn't get to see a whole lot of that game, so I can't really speak on that. But I definitely definitely did see one or two questionable calls. A lot of people had West Virginia taking Maryland. So I think if Maryland comes in with the right mindset and the right game plan against Alabama, they're going to give Alabama some trouble. Do I think they're going to beat Alabama? Probably not. Do I think they're going to keep the game close and not get blown out by 20-plus? Absolutely. This Maryland team is one to keep your eyes on, folks. Houston stayed on brand with a very close game against 16th-seeded Northern Kentucky. but They still win 63-52. to But this is what this Houston team is built for, and this is what they thrive off of. If they can slow the game down, get good rebounds, continue that really strong defense they're gonna win every game they don't need to score 80 to 90 points like Alabama or Texas they just need to stay in control of the game and if they do that they're gonna be successful and they're gonna breeze their way through the tournament we saw that for a little while they didn't have complete control especially in the beginning but once they started to build up that confidence spread the ball out more get all of their talented players involved It became a Houston game, and that's what we were all expecting. Holding Northern Kentucky to only 52 points, that strong defense is continuing to show that they can hold off some decent teams. Houston is going to be a problem in this tournament. I think they are a pretty easy Final Four bid. We pulled off another unexpected non-upset over Utah State. This is one that I predicted. I thought Utah State was going to be good. I had them going into the Sweet 16 with a win over Arizona, but both Utah State and Arizona lost in the round of 64. Really put some of my brackets in the grave, but you know what? It's all right. It's all right. 
But Demoy Hodge is super important to this Missouri team. I think Missouri is going to carry into the Sweet 16 with a win over Princeton next week. But he had, I think, 22 points this game. He continues to be a great player, a great finisher. He's really good in the paint. He's one of the better players in this tournament. And I, I think he's definitely a highlight for the Missouri team. And he could potentially carry Missouri pretty deep into this bracket as well. Now, my favorite game to watch, I watched the entirety of this game. Penn State throttles Texas A&M 76-59 and flexes that three-point prowess. They are the best three-point shooting team in the Big Ten, one of the best in the nation. 59% accuracy from three-point land. That is unheard of in the NCAA tournament. So for a 10 seed to be able to pull that off, 48% shooting in total. Andrew Funk, eight different threes, 27 points. He only shot threes and he got three free throws. The man was just on fire. And it's not like he was towing the three-point line either. He was three to five feet behind the three-point line and he was just drilling them. He was feeling it last night. 27 total points. PSU only committed eight turnovers as well. That's a big part of their team. They spread the ball out. They get Jalen Pickett involved a lot. And honestly, I really liked the game plan from Penn State and Coach Shrewsbury this game. It was get Jalen Pickett in the paint, draw some double or triple teams, then either swing it out to one of your good three-point or layup shooters, or just let Jalen Pickett work. Get in there. Let him draw fouls like he's really good at and and just let him take control of the game and let him lead the team into a win. And that's what they did. And they were obviously very successful with that game plan. Now, the matchup with Texas is definitely going to be an interesting one for this Nittany Lion team. They really need to work on their rebounds. They allow a ton of offensive rebounds. We saw in different series against Texas A&M, they allowed two, three, even sometimes four offensive turnovers in the same series. So they just they can't let that happen against a Texas team who is so efficient in rebounding and so efficient in scoring as well. They mirror Penn State's three-point shooting and just shooting in general. But still, a very good matchup. Again, Penn State is a sleeper team, a very solid 10-seed they could definitely make a lot of noise in this bracket. I actually have a bracket with Penn State winning it. Just kind of one of my, but with my hearts, have a little bit of fun with the bracket. But still, they, they could make a decent run. I, I don't doubt that at all. And as I'm looking on my computer, I also see that Creighton, close to being knotted up with NC State. It's 28-26 at the half. And Creighton was one of mine. I think I have them going to either the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Creighton is, again, a really good sleeper team. They they started off really rocky. They, they had some trouble. And then they continued to just play better and better throughout the entirety of the season. And now they're here as a sixth seed. And they could definitely disrupt some brackets. But NC State could disrupt a lot more if they continue to keep it close with Creighton and maybe even win this game. Pitt is up 30-23. to 23. Now, Pitt is a team that I have winning this game against Iowa State. And I also have them winning against Xavier in the next round and taking their team into the Sweet 16. Speaking of Xavier, 
they beat Kennesaw State 72 to 67. In a couple of my brackets, I had Kennesaw State beating Xavier. Xavier is one of the weaker teams we've seen in a high seated position. I think they could definitely be up for some big upsets. Almost got upset by a 14 seed, but I think Pitt wins against Iowa State and beats Xavier next. Iona and UConn are in an 18-17 struggle right now. UConn is one of my favorites. I have them in the Final Four. A lot of my brackets, I have them going to the national championship game, either them or UCLA. So (laughs) a little bit concerning to see that score right now, but hopefully they can continue to pull that out. St. Mary's pulls away from BCU at the end of the game, 63-51. to Now, St. Mary's is a little bit of a sneaky team because we've seen throughout the majority of the season, they've been very off and on. Their shooting hasn't been the greatest, and neither has their rebounding. But I think if they put themselves together for this tournament, they're going to be very scary, along with Marquette, who beat Vermont 78-61. to Again, that game was very close going into the halftime, but I'm glad to see Marquette pull away and be able to beat them by double digits. I have a couple of brackets taking Marquette all the way and winning the national championship game. From my March Madness podcast a couple episodes ago, everybody knows I'm very high on this Marquette team. I think they're one of the best, along with Northwestern, who beat Boise State. But they're going to have to go up against the juggernaut UCLA, and I just don't think they're going to be able to overcome that incredible team. Michigan State beats USC by double digits, 72-62. to Another low-seeded team that could potentially make some noise, but I, I can't see them beating Marquette. Baylor beats UC Santa Barbara. 74 to 56. A close game in the first half. Baylor's able to distance themselves in the second half. I've got Baylor winning it all in my best bracket so far. That is in the 99.98th percentile. One of the best brackets out there, which I'm very proud to say. One of probably in 2000, 3000. So it's good to see, but I hope Baylor can do what I expect them to do. I think They will be the ones to finally slay the beast that is Alabama. It'll be Baylor-UCLA in the national championship game. I think Baylor pulls that one out and surprises everybody by winning the national championship. So that is it for my recap of March Madness. Of course, I will be continuing to update you guys as March Madness goes on. Upsets are obviously going to happen. That's why it's called March Madness. It is crazy. But March Madness is one of my favorite times of the year. And there's so much hype around this tournament. There's so much excitement when all the upsets happen. It's just a great time. Everybody loves it. It seems like everybody likes to get involved some way. So, great. But that is the end of this episode. On Monday, we will be discussing the NHL playoffs that are coming soon in April. We'll be discussing what teams could potentially make some noise and what teams could be some early exits. It's going to be a really, really good episode. Hope you guys are hyped for that, and I'll see you on Monday.